Hi, this is Marissa Flaxbart coming to you from a very rainy Los Angeles. Maybe you can hear the pitter-patter of rain droplets on the roof in the background, or maybe it's really sunny outside and I'm just making all this up. But I just had to come back for a, a quick episode that took kind of a ridiculous amount of time to put together uh, and allowed me to listen back through the whole catalog of the past two seasons, 20 episodes and bonus episodes, because... December 7th is the one-year anniversary of the Sweet Valley Diaries podcast. Even though I've been reading and writing about Sweet Valley High novels for over a decade now, and that's not including the Sweet Valley books I read when I was an actual young girl, the podcast itself has been a totally new chapter that has been more exciting and invigorating than any before, and I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for telling people about it. Uh, Thank you to my guests for being on the show. Thank you to everyone who has taken the time to rate the show on iTunes and to write some of the really lovely reviews that I have there. And if you haven't done that yet, you know, it's never too late. Do it once. Do it ten times. Thank you just for listening. I I really appreciate it. And it is wonderful to get to come to you um, every week, every two weeks with my hot takes and cold takes and funny stories and overly serious interpretations of these very, very special books. So without further ado, welcome to the Sweet Valley Diaries first anniversary special. One of the big question marks I had with Sweet Valley Diaries, one of my great hopes, was that my friends who came to guest on the show would maybe get as excited about these books and how crazy they are as I always did. I didn't know for sure if maybe it was just me. Did you have to read these books growing up to appreciate how ridiculous these stories were as an adult? She's just like, no, I'm not going to say anything. It's not worth it. And I'm like, bitch, it is worth it. And I have so many question marks next to that on my notepad. I'm like, excuse me? Have we seen Robin eating a single thing in this entire book at that point? No, no. She's not eating all the time. She makes like one reference, I think, at the very end about how she's going to go to the buffet when she's talking to Jessica at Bruce's party. But like, I'm sorry, it's a party. You go to a buffet. There's nothing wrong with it. And that's when I started hating my best friend, Marissa Flack's part, because... (laughs) There is a fucking sorority in a high school. Like, I just, I can't. And then she's like, oh, he's getting really drunk. He's like slurring his words, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh no, a few more drinks and he can't drive. I'm like, yo, he's already drunk. He picked you up drunk. I threw the book, Marissa. I was sitting on my couch and I threw it. I threw the book. And I'm telling you, I finished this book because I love you. Not because I like this book. For sneaking out of the house, she deserves poison oak. (gasps) It goes on so, from there, but I just was like... The twins... <laughs> Elizabeth is good, and Jessica's when bad? We talk about this whole ego and id thing. Good twin, bad twin. It's just oh like... Oh my god. It always seemed like a theory. Elizabeth says the most hilarious thing that is so out of character, where Jessica... <laughs> yes, I have it underlined, too. I think I know you read it. Why invite any of them, Jess? Can't the Wakefield sisters handle all those guys to themselves? Don't invite any girls. Yeah. Just invite all the boys. Yeah. How could Annie possibly be dating someone who kidnapped the twins and took them to a bar? We don't know who Ken Matthews is. <laughs> Ken Matthews could be like a used car salesman. Like, oh come on God. now, see Ken Matthews. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, why can't she Care- have an affair with Ken Matthews? Careful it's listeners. It's just a rumor. Yeah. 
as someone who's only read this one book, I wanted this moment of the sisters, like, back together. Yeah. Like, a cathartic moment that, like, needed to happen. Oh, like, is anybody gonna tell Elizabeth what she's been doing all over town yeah, for the past like, month? Yeah, like, I was like, there's, I was just like, I can't believe it's over. I cannot believe the sisters are not back together and there's not gonna be, like, any of them reuniting. Everybody in the school, like, oh, in their boy. little friend group decides that what they should do for Suzanne is buy her a blouse. Well, no, so they arrange a meeting where they're gonna go to someone's house, to Kara's house, right, to decide what they're all gonna buy when they pull yeah. their money for Lila, whose party it's they're going to. It's for Lila. It's they for Lila. Lila's they take Lila's money. <laughs> because <laughs> she's, she's rich. rich. So, uh... I laughed out loud multiple times reading this book. <laughs> Just, <laughs> like, Just like expose your feelings, guys. Exactly. It's not that hard. So this is an incredible distance for a bunch of high schoolers with no previous extensive bike riding experience to just like hop on their probably not designed for long road trip bikes and just scoot up the coast like, oh, yeah, my mom said it'd be a good idea. So I'm going to bike 400 miles and then turn around and bike 400. It's insane. These books are fucking crazy for people to read. As they're walking into the hospital, it says like, Elizabeth is reminded of the time she was in a horrible accident and nearly died and was in a coma for six months. And Jessica is reminded of Annie Whitman's suicide attempt that she was probably at fault for. And it was like, whoa! That's the thing. Like, even if Todd is trying to be nice to Courtney the whole time, his his intentions are good. He is completely insensitive to the emotional needs of his actual girlfriend. He, when she's obviously upset, he is deprioritizing her relative to this other random girl that he just met a, a month ago. She also kisses him a couple times, like Jessica, Jessica does. Yeah, I mean, not on the mouth, but like. They just, that's like a weird, um, like, you know, thing that, I don't know, like, I would have never been, like, to my brother, like, oh, because they said she passionately kisses Stephen on the cheek. Yeah, they use that word. And I was like, what? Being confronted at holding hands, like, he should have, like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even realize, but you're right, Liz, like, I've gone too far. Like, this is the, the teenage equivalent. Of like uh, a wife walking in on her husband, like banging another chick. I'm I'm done with Todd. I'm freaking done with him. So I'm like, yes, you two get together. Get away from Elizabeth. She deserves better. Um, yeah, they they go to investigate at the hospital, and Carl freaks out when Jessica walks in. And is like, Elizabeth, how did you get out? He screams in the middle of a hallway. What? I mean, look over. But really, she doesn't want to be talked out. Of going to dinner Ooh, with Nicholas. Okay. That's what I think. That is an interesting theory. Because she's already danced with Nicholas a whole bunch of times. I mean, who does that at a party where your boyfriend is right there? But the fucking first, the opening, this girl dies from leukemia. Yeah. Immediately. This may be none of my business. It's not none of, it's none of your business, bitch. Yeah. Like, we all know that, Queen. Yeah. We all know it's none of your business. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Wakefield are considering moving away from Sweet Valley to San Francisco. Yeah, it sounds... Why would you ever want to move away from Sweet Valley? It sounds pretty... It sounds like the best place. Well, that's exactly right? what Elizabeth and Jessica think. Absolutely. I am torn. I'm like, man, if he treated Jessica so badly, like, Regina can do so much better. Like, I know that he really loves her and, like, he let her go with the and stuff spoilers but like oh i don't know hearing the way he treated jessica i'm just like how do people change and can they change and can <laughs> what do we have to do to accept that it like, is oh my god yeah, i mean big thing you said but, a mouthful jessica's if i can talk to you uh directly 
Um, you know, no one, no one, no one's mad at you. We just, you know, there's just, you kind of got to step outside of yourself every once in a while and realize that the world is a big, it's a big, beautiful place. This pale blue dot in the sky. And, uh, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're better than that. I mean, tell me now, because I'm very curious. I even wrote it here in my notes. Is this what it's like to be a young woman? See, there it is. Aww. Full disclosure, I've been reading them <laughs> since I was 13 years old, passionately, you know, under the be, pillow with a flashlight. That would be like a Sweet Valley high level of weird, dark secret. Yeah. I don't know how Elizabeth came across to you in this book, it being your first Oh, book. like a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all you, all you Elizabeth haters out there in the listening world, we've been waiting for this to happen for 20 books now. Someone gets a bad impression of Elizabeth. She comes out like a complete crazy person. <laughs> I am 100% on Jessica's side for most of this book. Okay. Love this so much. If you think you know where this story's going five pages in, you're wrong. Jim Martin shows up at the Wakefield's house, the yes. dad, and... Nothing really happened. Nothing! Nothing! <laughs> nothing! The whole lead up, this whole fucking book, I felt, was leading up to the dad coming back. He runs off in a bender. Trisha talks about it. She moves in with the family because the dad is not around. There's And there's a, you get to the point where someone rings the doorbell and she goes off and you know that it's the dad. You know that it's the dad. And the chapter ends on that cliffhanger of the dad at the front door. And then the next chapter starts... And it's the next day, and you never hear the dad say a word. Listeners, we do not get so much as a conversation between Betsy and Martin. The paper is like something out of, like, she's basically Catherine Graham at the Washington Post in the 70s. Like, it's described as, like, in the room, like, reporters are, like, clacking away at news, like, at typewriters. And, like, you're hearing, like, the zip and the bell of the typewriters. And it's like, people have got to file these stories. Jessica might be a monster, you know, and she might be, like, really, really hard to deal with. But as parents, your job is to deal with that, not just, like, love one child more than the other very blatantly also she's 16 yeah like give the girl a break she's 16 her sister's perfect and this is when i start realizing that i'm just reading shakespeare okay so asked and answered not only did my guests feel pretty universally scandalized by the content but reading the books in the 21st century uh required uh, a little bit of careful language for some of the episodes. I keep on confusing the phrases spoiler alert and trigger warning. It's scary. It I feel scary. like I have to put a trigger warning on this episode. I think it's definitely worth it. I joke about this, but this book was kind of triggering. And this is the trigger warning part of it. <laughs> yeah, this is the trigger warning part of it. There's that whole Max thing with the the rock star at the school that she gets on his motorcycle oh my and they're God. mad at her. I was like... Like, the most triggering thing you can do to your sister's like, I'm going to get back on a motorcycle with this other guy. Did you want to issue your warning? Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. I mean... Listen up, guys. I can't believe this is happening, <laughs> but I'm going to have to issue a trigger warning. It seems Jack's entire family was killed in a boating accident a few years before he came to school. Uh, sorry, I should have given a trigger alert. I want the audience to be triggered. Um, there, we will be discussing uh, ridiculous tragedies. Yes. So. 
Some Sweet Valley High novels, and therefore some episodes of Sweet Valley Diaries, focus more or less on fashion or superstars of the era. But there was one element that stood out to my guest in almost every book. Uh, 16-year-olds should not drive a Fiat. Well, no one should drive a Fiat. But she, like, (laughs) parks it, and then Jessica steals it. He's a nice boy who drives a Datsun. He's not, like, that flashy Camaro guy. Although... Rick Andover was also not driving the Camaro at this point. Camaro? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but are we talking, like, 80s Camaro or, like, he's got a classic 60s? I'm going to go with 80s. There's some crazy cars in this novel. Bruce's black Porsche has Mm -hmm. a license plate on it. One Bruce one. If this isn't the best little piece of character development, like, in one word, in one phrase, Mm -hmm. one Bruce one says volumes about this man, right? Lila Fowler drives drives a lime green Triumph. (laughs) So sweet. It is an unmistakable car. Lime green Triumph. Speaking of black, the motorcycle is also black, and Elizabeth looks at it, and her inner monologue says, his choice of color disturbed her as well. Black, the color of death. (laughs) Yeah. Jessica uh, and this guy named Danny Stouffer pull up in uh, a Trans Am. They slightly rear end this purple van, and this guy named Crunch McCallister yeah, Crunch gets out. And she, like, hops on the back of his motorcycle, I think in her bathing suit, and just, like, wraps her arms around him, ignoring her father yelling at her to come back, and just, like, rides off into the sunset. It's, it's fantastic. 20 right? years old. Who drives a Ferrari. Yes. Gross. In Manhattan. <laughs> oh, that's not normal it in Manhattan? It gets very cruel intentions mm-hmm. from this point on. Yes. Jessica knows way more about cars than I do. Uh, sure, she, sure. I don't know anything cars, and she's got, like, exact make and model numbers yeah. down, yeah. memorized. She's very into it. The vehicles people drive in this series are very specific choices. Yeah. Every oh, single absolutely. one. It's, all, it's always described from from Todd's Datsun to the twins' red Fiat to this, oh, the Fiat Spider. To Bruce Patman's Porsche. Like, it's <laughs> it's all explained. I think they, we, we probably got a make and model for Carl's van, but I don't remember <laughs> what it was. There's a lot of car description in this book. Like, yeah. They talk about the Fiat a lot. Yeah. And, like, in the beginning, they're Nicholas. like, oh, he drives a Jeep, not a, which is way better than a Porsche. I was like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like. I think she's being sarcastic. Jessica's like, he's so rich, she can afford to drive a Jeep around town. Yeah. His father drives a Ferrari, of course. <laughs> Todd's Dotson does not appear in this book, but he does drive a Dotson that gets a... Wow. I think Todd might be one of the people that doesn't have a lot of oh, money, I was going to say, yeah, Dotson, because all these other people are driving Porsches and God knows what. Yeah, Ferraris. I think that goes, you know, why she wasn't that impressed by his Porsches, because yeah, a Porsche, everyone has yeah. a Porsche. Well, the Marls are also Mercedes. super rich, so they actually, <laughs> yeah. I, I have a really hard time believing that Regina has never been in a Porsche, but. The cars are such a clear demarker of, like, class between yeah. all of them. I mean, someone has a Porsche, I think Bruce has a Porsche, mm-hmm. um, Elizabeth drives her, like, ratty little Fiat, and um, I think Lila, is that her name? Lila. Lila has a, has a Triumph. Triumph, which yeah. I loved. I was like, I want a lime green Triumph. Like, where did that come from? Yeah, we know what kind of car, like, anybody who drives a car in this book, we know what kind of car it is. Like, make and model, and usually color. And he's got this dirty car, and it says that she steps into it as if it were a Rolls Royce. They had just come to Robin Wilson's house, and Jessica's eyes narrowed as she saw the light blue GTO in the driveway. She'd know that car anywhere, Jessica thought uneasily. 
it was George Warren's. Careful listeners may have noticed that a particular hot spot in the Sweet Valley, California landscape was particularly notable to pretty much every guest who read about it. They're all at the Dairy Burger. The um, Dairy burger, with an I. Dairy with an I. Uh, the burger and ice cream hangout yeah. that everybody hangs out at. And like, Because this is still the 1950s. <laughs> Later on, it's Bruce Patman who takes Jessica to the Dairy Burger and says, oh, it's always good to have food when you're getting bad news. Like, but he's allowed to say that and eat. But God forbid the fat girl put a single bite of food in her mouth because then she eats all the time and Winston doesn't want to date her because he's such a fucking prize. Right. Sorry, this really triggered me. Well, no, I totally understand. And I just, I got so mad because I was just like, are you insane the dairy burger can we hold on can we pause i know what you're gonna say do you know what i'm gonna say say it because the spelling of dairy oh that's not what i thought you were fucks with my mind so much and i hate it okay dairy with an i i hate it and i did not think that's what you're gonna say but that's because i'm inured (laughs) to it like i'm used to it now this is an unusual town and it seems to be big enough to have two high schools and a junior high thing but there's no place to go except for the dairy burger. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, at one point with her job, says that she doesn't even miss the dairy burger. And Elizabeth counters, it's been two days. <laughs> I mean, if you get really serious, maybe he'll buy you a milkshake and a burger at the dairy burger. Dairy with an I. Yes, we know the dairy burger well mm-hmm. here at Sweet Valley Diaries. Just, just saying. Dairy burger. Dairy the burger. Dairy burger. Yeah, so they, they meet up at Dairy Burger. Uh, Jessica made a left turn and headed toward Dairy Burger. And then a couple sentences later, Jessica stated emphatically pulling into the Dairy Burger. And then one sentence later, oh, listen, Kara informed her as they entered the Dairy Burger. Like they really, <laughs> was, there was like a clear progression of how close they were to the Dairy Burger. It's occurring to me right now that Casey's is an ice cream parlor yeah. and how fucked up it is that the ice cream parlor is called Casey's and the yeah. burger diner is called Dairy, Dairy Burger. burger. Yeah. Why? That's very strange. As you may be aware, Sweet Valley Diaries is currently on hiatus. Season 3 is set to begin in early 2019. Stay tuned for more dates soon and stay subscribed so that you don't even have to worry about when the new episodes come. They'll just show up in your podcatcher. So I'll say it again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays. Whatever you celebrate. Happy birthday podcast. And we'll see you in 2019. It's nice to know that she hasn't forgotten about it, because sometimes it seems like she forgot that she was in a coma. (laughs) Nobody mentions her kidnapping at all. It's been a weird year for the Wakefields. Seriously.